Shelly. Good morning, living well. Good morning, living well. Announcements, announcements. First of all, next week is, is Easter and we have these handy dandy little handouts to hand out. So if you need any, if you didn't get any, uh, Christine, are they back there? There's some back there. You want them to raise their hand? Okay. Um, the appreciation dinner is on Saturday the 16th. Uh, the Forest Women's uh, Conference is Saturday the 30th at the Meyer Building from 1 to 5 p.m. LFBI summer self-paced enrollment is open. And we have the quarterly missions um, little books available in Living Faith. To get, we can get our copy in, at LFBI. Uh, remember, our bike ride is May 14th. And you can go at a, several options. <clears throat> Start training now. And I'll pray for you. Uh, Dallas Bible study needs a man willing to lead it in person on April 14th. If you're a Bible leader and willing to go, um, see Pastor James Fife. We have the London and Ireland trip kicking off to support the Clark family in London and a Brown family in Ireland. I guess um, Brett Bartlett is in Ireland right now. So we uh, see Pastor James for any information on that. Remember, on uh, Easter Sunday, they're asking that we park as far away from the building as possible so we can have lots of spots for visitors. And we also have youth retreats on April 22nd to the 24th is the high school. April 29th to the 30th is junior high. Okay. We still have the Arabic fellowship meeting on Saturdays at 1030. And Pastor Wagi has a self-defense on Saturday the 23rd at 2 p.m. to learn how to keep from getting punched in the head or to learn how to punch people in the head, whatever, whichever it might be. Okay. Is uh, anything, uh, Pastor, we need to, else we need to say as far as announcements? Christine, did you have something? Okay. 
Okay. No, it's anybody. Yeah, women can kick guys in the head too. So our schedule is the same for Easter. We'll still be here and living well, full of smiles. And if uh, on folks in TV land, if you're able and willing to help with uh, May 14th bike ride picnic to where you can just hang out at the picnic and help um, and eat stuff and help Christine, contact Christine, please. Anything else? Okay, so oh, we have a, a, a some more information. Amir, Amra, 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 step up, Amra. Come into the spotlight. Test, test. Good morning, everybody. Normally, it's always caught bringing something God did on his way and giving us some anecdotes and connecting us with God. But this morning, it's me. Um, yesterday at uh, Kaufman's Garden, it was one beautiful, almost perfect day. And we were to have lunch together, six of us, but it turned lunch with eight of us. And it wasn't really planned. Uh, my mother-in-law, she's a part of a Jewish community center, different church. And I felt like she would appreciate to be invited and socialize with another group of, of people she doesn't know, but she believes in Jesus. And I wanted her to get to know us and see if it's any different or, so she did. Um, to be honest, I did not expect it's going to be in the middle of the parking lot. I felt like it's going to be a little bit dangerous, right? And I'm all about safety. Um, and actually, we've been reminded kind of like to respect what everybody does over there. We saw like black and white, I swear, police car going around in circles around us. And we we're like, oh in the middle of the lunch, everything on the display. And I was thinking, you know what? Amen, praise the Lord, but everybody on their own. So I was looking like, where is the backup? Which way I should run away from? Well, it turned, it was a K-9. So we already had lunch and Louis to save the situation thinking just like everybody else, police, she grabbed the plate. She's like, I'm gonna offer them cake. Yeah, I was like, uh, you are trying to bribe them. Well, 
I guess it worked. They accepted cake, but it turned it wasn't police. It was just a canine and four puppies inside, and we had a great time. And we just kind of continue with our conversation of what's the next on our plate, what are we going to do, how are we going to organize ourselves when uh, Christi uh, Christine decided to take a picture of us. Well, she took a picture of us, but she wasn't in the picture. So I was like, okay, how's this going to work? It's too many of us for selfie. And then suddenly, I don't know from where, here comes a beautiful young African-American lady. And she offered, she's like, do you want to take, do you want me to take a picture of you? And we're like, sure, thank you. So she did. But normally, you know, I mean, I don't know if it's just me or, but when people see something like that, unusual, they're curious, but they feel like, uh, I don't want to engage. I'm just going to wave and pass by. Well, this one engaged. She didn't just take a picture of us. She came and she introduced herself and, and we introduced ourselves. And then we start talking about what was the, the purpose of that um, misbehavior, right? <laughs> and that's how everything started for her. Christine started talking about Jesus and what, what's his role and who we are as a church, and what are we doing, and why are we there, and she tuned in. She is a finished uh, student. She studied psychology, and I'm thinking, like, oh, we're not going to convince her about Jesus at all. I mean, those people are very by the book, by science. Well, we were so wrong. She was. She tuned in. She started asking questions. And we were not prepared, but we were prepared. We talk about Jesus. We did not want to convince her what he's, he is doing for us. We wanted her to come to the same thoughts, to accept it herself. And I think we did a really good job because my mother-in-law, after we were done with the sightseeing and admiring Kaufman's garden, she said, I think this lady is going to come. And I honestly believe she will, but on her terms, because we planted good seed. She talked to me. She asked questions I had myself when I joined. And I tried to, to answer, but not to convince her, but just to tell her my story, how everything started with me. And what's the beauty of, of the life? Knowing that you are saved you don't have to worry about anything else other than to live. And I tried to, to show her from example, what's Jesus work? I was like, just look around. Yes, this is a man's work, but look at these colors. Look at these plants. Look at these trees. Look at this light around you. Do you think it's coincidence? Do you think that man could do this? Perfect harmony? As a, I think you are invited to us. And I think we were there, not for the sake of lunch and being together, but we had a message to tell and bring one more soldier closer to God. Was it five minutes? Or six minutes. I think you did okay. I wasn't timing, <laughs> but 
I didn't have to start jumping around in the back of the room. Okay, so, so two things. One is we're gonna enter into a time of prayer right now. So you're gonna pray with those at your table, okay? Now, the two things are this. One is we have rearranged our classroom to promote small group time. Praise the Lord, right? Now, that's really good in that it really does promote that small group time. It's bad because it also promotes, you know, you guys over there somewhere having a conversation when Gail's trying to do announcements. So the only way this works is if, if, it's, if we can discipline ourselves to actually listen when we're doing a whole group thing and then do the small group thing when we're doing the small group thing, okay? Now, for me, that would mean I'm gonna, I would have to turn my chair around. Like if I'm Dave or Dave, like I would have to, like I, I get a crink in my neck trying to listen, face in the other direction. And I'm, I've got too much ADD to, to do that anyway. So I'd have to <laughs> turn my chair around. So, so you may have to do that. That's fine. Okay. The second thing is that this time of prayer right now, it's corporate prayer. So it's you and your group. Let's pray for what we just heard from Amra. Okay, what a beautiful story that God's people just got together for a time of fellowship. And here's this lost lady who saw behavior that does not fit in the world because it's not of the world. Her name is Evelyn. So can we pray for Evelyn that those seeds that were sown would take root and that she would be born again? And then she needs to get discipled because the, the Great Commission isn't just... So now that God put Evelyn in your life, ladies, it's like, okay, if fruit comes out of that, we have to own that fruit. We at least need to hand her off if she's not going to be here with us, but we got to... So let's pray for Evelyn. But then the other purpose of this prayer time is simply to acknowledge God's presence. So we don't want to flippantly enter God's presence. So maybe I need to quiet my heart. Maybe I need to focus. Maybe, you know, I'm still, I, I traveled for two weeks. I'm still getting my feet under me. I'm not really back into it. Like I need to just like, okay, whew, like, okay, get back into, but we're going to enter into God's presence. We're going to do that together. So just kind of as your small group, however, you know, you're led to do that, just try to do that. Say, God, we acknowledge you. We, you know, does that make sense? I think everyone, everyone should be able to do that. And then let's, let's be done. Okay, we'll use that clock back there that says it's, it's 11 after 11. Let's be done with our corporate prayer time at 11.15, okay? So make sure everyone has a chance to pray. Okay, that means, Nick, you can't pray for the whole four minutes because you got to let someone else have a turn. So, okay. All right, so let's pray. I'll close us out here in about four minutes, okay? All right, let's do it. Oh, I'll look into it. Can I get one of you three to go over here to this table? Oh, wait. Oh, Nick's got it. Never mind. Okay, thanks, Nick. Thank you.
So, Father, we just come before you as a group, and we want to acknowledge your presence with us this morning. And, uh, <clears throat> Lord, we really don't want you to bless our plans and our agenda and our ideas, God, as much as, as Lord, we just want you to bring us 
into sync with your plan and your ideas and your ways. So God, you know, we can't enter into your presence on our own merit. We, we don't enter your presence on our own works. It's all the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross that allows us to enter into your presence. And so Lord, with joy, with praise, we want to enter into your presence this morning. But Lord, we also want to, to have a ready mind to hear from you, Lord. So would you prepare our hearts and minds this morning to not just to, to look at a verse, but, but Lord, to, to work out in our small groups like what it actually means and how we can get more in sync with you. And so, God, we need your spirit for that. We want to be careful not, not to say things that aren't of you. But, Lord, at the same time, we, it's, we have great faith that we, we do have the things that you've said. And so, God, help us with our liberty this morning and guide and direct by your spirit and your word. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, so real quick, before we get into the message today, I'll give you a little hack. Um, that memory verse, that, that, the assignment that Sam gave us that we already forgot about, okay? Psalm 130, verse 5, right? Wait, wait, word, hope. I wait for the Lord, my soul doth wait. Wait, wait. In his word do I hope. Wait, wait, word, hope. There's a hack to memorize that verse. Because you can memorize that. Wait, wait, word, hope, right? Okay, and then all you got to do is fill in the, in the, do I. Okay, so there you go. There's your little cheat, cheat sheet. So that's, that's how I got through med school. Okay, so, all right, you guys have a handout? Get a handout and then open your Bibles to Second John. So I've seen some pretty cool things in my life, but man, watching Dave get baptized by his son this morning. Oh my goodness. That was so amazing. Uh, yeah, very cool. I mean, that just, I don't think that happens very often. So super cool. I, I thank God for that. We thank God for you guys. You guys are a bright spot, a blessing. So Okay, so real quick, we, we've started our second John series, and, and some of you aren't going to be able to see the PowerPoint up here, but maybe if you can't see it up here, you can see it up on the screen up there. I don't know. So by way of review, we, we, last week in our small groups, we saw that we can compare Scripture to Scripture to allow God's Word to divine its, define itself. Remember that? We looked at how to use a concordance and how to use the treasury of scripture knowledge to, to do that. And what we, the assignment was, you know, to figure out who is the elect lady. So the elect lady, that's talking about second John chapter one, the elder unto the elect lady and her children, whom I love in the truth and not I only, but also all they that have known the truth. And so what we saw in that, that this was our breakdown of second John. The first three verses are a greeting. The, the fourth verse is, is walking in truth. The fifth and sixth verse is walking in love. Seven through nine, watch for deceivers. 10 and 11 is how to deal with them. And then 12 through 13 is the, the, the final greeting there. And we saw that those first four verses, that has to do with our fellowship with God. It's just the outline of the book. 
walking in truth. That's your fellowship with God. Okay, all good Baptists, walk in truth, walk in truth. And we're like, oh, I need to do better at that. Walk in truth, walk in truth. And then finally we realize the Bible's authoritative. We surrender the Lordship of Christ. Like we're, we figure out we're supposed to walk in truth. And then John's like, oh yeah, by the way, walk in love. And so the, the, the thing there is there, there, there's a focus. I, I'm walking in truth, I'm walking in truth. And God's like, okay, you can get your eyes off yourself now. And now you can kind of focus on loving others. And we see that transition in this book. Praise the Lord. So part of fellowshipping with others and having that outward focus is walking in love and watching for and dealing with uh, deceivers. And so we looked at the elect woman and these were our choices. Is she a lady in the church? Is she typical of the church? In other words, the elect lady really isn't a lady. It's the church. And John was writing like we would write to a, a missionary in a country where there's a lot of persecution and we don't want to give their identity away. So I don't want to write like to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, converting Hindus to, to, and then I send that to my friend in India and I get him killed or something. So I'm going to write to the elect lady at the, at this house. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking in code because I want to help someone like, is that, is that what this is? Is it both a woman literally and typical of the church or is it someone or something else? Some people are like, oh, this is the Virgin Mary. Those same people say she doesn't have other children. Anyway, anyway. So we decided probably it's, it's both a literal woman, but it's also because it's vague and because the Bible doesn't say and because of verses like, you know, like Ephesians chapter five that say, a wife is really like the church and a husband is really like the Christ. Like we're supposed to see that picture anyway when we see a, a woman in the church. And so, so with that, we can apply the, the things. It makes the books reach universal. So we can apply this to, to that. So that's by way of, of review. So let's get into the where we're at this week and then we're going to discuss it in our small groups and then we'll wrap up at the end, okay? So what, what we're going to do now, I'm, I'm going to do some explanation in your groups. You'll work through some stuff, and then we'll, we'll wrap it all up as a big group together at the end. So this says, the elder unto the elect lady and her children. We know the elder is John. Okay, this is the Apostle John. And if you compared this book of 2 John with 1 John chapter 4 and with the Gospel of John chapter 15, you'd see there's striking similarities. Now, if this were an LFBI class, I would go into a defense of the traditional authorship of the epistle of 2 John, and we would look at that in different evidences. This is not an LFBI course, but we know that, that the elder is John, the author is John, and then it says, the elder unto the elect lady and her children, whom I love in the truth. And I want to spend some time here. This, this love is, is agape love, okay? Now, there's two main types of love in your New Testament, okay? You, you can infer and discern some other types of love, but the two main types of love that you see described in your New Testament is agape love, and this is to love in a social or a moral sense. It's a, we could say it's, it's charity. So I'm going to sacrificially give of myself, and I'm going to provide for you and pray for you, and I'm going to help you move, and I'm going to I'm going to comfort you when you're 
sick and rejoice. So I'm going to be your friend, really, is, is what it is. I love you, and I'm going to be your friend. The other type of love that we see in the New Testament is phileo. That is to be fond of somebody. So in our culture, we can say, I love pizza. I love the Royals. I love, Christine and I, we love riding our bikes on the trail. It's, it's our favorite, one of our favorite things to do. So it's, 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 it's good. We, we are fond of doing that. And that's how phileo is too. So in the Bible, you'll see Philadelphia. That's, that's a love for your brethren. Philarguria. Okay, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. That's a love for lucre, a love for money, a love for worldly things like that. Philatechnos in, Timoth in, in, in Titus 2, verse 4. That's a love for children. So you, you're supposed to have a love for children and a love for the brethren, but it's kind of like I love pizza or I love cycling. Like it can be applied to a lot of different things. And, and some people say it's like the head versus the heart. So agape love, you made a decision to love. And so this is the love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. That's agape love. So in other words, you decide, there's a fondness there either way. There's feelings and affection. It's not like a cold, you know, sociopathic or something. It, 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 there's actually feeling there. But I decided to love the Lord, my God, with all my heart, all my soul, and all my strength, with my mind and my, my time. My, does that make sense? Agape is that kind of love. And, and, and some people will say that phileo is more with the heart, where agape is more with the mind. And, and I would say agape is your mind and your heart. So it's not just a natural affection. It's something that you've decided you're going to love and you're going to do it like that. Anyway, so... So this is an agape type love. John says, whom I love, I agape, this person in the truth. And so here's our first blank, in the truth. So that's verifiable. You can verify that. If something is truth, it, you're going to be able to verify it, right? Well, that's really important, I think, because what the world has leaves people wanting. It leaves them lacking. So this young lady in the park, she's at the garden with the most, like the most beautiful flowers and professional design and landscapers. And the thing she's attracted to is a group of women who've come together and they've got a light and a joy and a love and a peace. They've got a beauty. She's like, what flowers? Look, look, look at these. This is like rose among the thorns, right? It's, it's, it's beauty. And so, so if so, the world leaves people without the, the world, I guess this is the point. The world promises people peace and satisfaction and joy and love, but it never follows through. It's not verifiable. It's not actually true. The world lies in darkness and wickedness and lies. Okay, so this passage relates love and truth to each other, and particularly it positions love within truth whom I love in the truth. And we're going to see, actually, you've probably already seen this, like because there's five times truth is mentioned in the first four verses in this passage, right? 
truth, 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 truth. Like even like we can't even miss it. John's talking to us about love and truth. And, and <clears throat> so, so love and truth glare as out of this world. It shines. It's so different. And, and one thing I'm, I just love out of Dave's testimony, Amra uh, um, and Farid have said the same thing. Like, man, there's like, People are friendly. There's, there's, we're welcomed here. And, and I love that about y'all is you're loving. It, it, God's love shows through. And that's a beautiful thing because it should glare. The world lies in darkness. It lies in wickedness. And what we have, and I can verify it. Okay, it's, it's verifiable. It's based in the truth is the love of God. And I think sometimes the devil's trying to obscure that. The devil's trying to discourage us. It's like, we, you guys, you know what we have? We have the love of God. There's nothing like that on the planet. And we have it with God and we have it with each other. And if we have that, what else do we need? We don't need much else. Maybe some food and water or a place to sleep and some clothes. But other than that, we, we have been so blessed. And the devil just he works so hard to discourage us and to to distract us from that great reality by all these other things and and some of them are serious right I'm not saying there, there's not serious things but compared to what we have it, it it really shouldn't bother us as much as probably it does and so in the world love is often used as a justification for sin well, we just, you know, we loved each other and, and we just love each other. And so therefore sin is justified. And, and Sam's message was like on point for this is if it's really love and not lust or just a feeling, it's going to be verifiable. It's going to be based in truth. And, and it's never a justification for sin. I don't really have to preach that. Jesus did that. But the Bible says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all of us in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it's of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. And then 1 John 5, 9, we know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. And we know the Son of God has come, and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true. Look at that, love and truth. Tied together, we are in him that is true, even his son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. And so the world doesn't have what we have. So we should shine brightly. Now, now there, there's things that are in the word of God that are in the truth. And so I did a quick phrase study for us. I saved you the small group time. And I, I went ahead and studied out that phrase in the truth in the Bible. So here's, here's what I found, which, by the way, you can't do this if you don't have a word-for-word -word formal translation of the Bible. You, you can't actually do a phrase study because they give you a dynamic equivalent. They just give you the thoughts of God, but not the words of God. So you need a, you need a formal translation of the received text, which in English is your King James Bible. That's why we, why we use that. But Psalm 69, verse 13, but as for me, my prayer is unto thee, O Lord. In an acceptable time, O God, in the multitude of thy mercy, hear me. In the truth, there's the phrase, 
So there's, there's five times this phrase is found in the Bible. So the first one is talking about in the truth of thy salvation. We have a, a group of ministry principles at Midtown. Are you, who's familiar with our ministry principles? So a lot of churches will have a bottleneck of leadership at the top. So in other words, in some churches, you can't do anything. You can't say anything. You can't. Like you would, you ladies if have been able to just schedule and do that event without running that through the pastors. And there's like this bottleneck of authority because there is such a thing as spiritual authority. Well, we have principles that govern our activities. So you don't have to get bottlenecked. It's just like, no, look, we, can I start a Bible study? Yes. Yeah, you could just Take your neighbor out for coffee, start studying the Bible, do discovery Bible method, creation of Christ, we'll train you, everything. You don't really have to ask me for that. Okay, why not? Well, we don't want to have a bottleneck. We have these principles that guide us. And one of our principles is, is that we minister in light of spiritual realities. That's kind of vague, isn't it? Okay. What that's trying to say is that Based on what God has said, that's what's going to guide us. Is God with us? Yes. Is God for us? Okay, so we minister in light of spiritual realities. And so, you know, that in the truth of thy salvation, I'm going to pray. So based on what you've said about who you are and my salvation, I'm going to pray in light of that. I'm going to pray in light of spiritual reality. And, and in the truth is a phrase that kind of fits in with that principle. John 8, 44, another thing that we're supposed to do, and, and you guys know this because it's one of the themes that we keep hammering in this class is we abide in the truth. Now the devil did not abide in the truth. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not, but here's the phrase is why it's up here because our phrase study, he abode not in the truth. Okay, but that's one thing we do is abide in the truth. We rejoice in the truth. Charity actually is the context of 1 Corinthians 13. This is the love chapter that gets quoted at all the weddings, you know. And uh, love or charity rejoiceth not in, in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Okay, so there's another thing that's in the truth is rejoicing. Walking. We're supposed to walk in the truth. So, so look at, are you guys still in 2 John there? Look over at 3 John, 3 John chapter 1, verse 3. That's just one page over. John says, For I rejoiced greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. So we're supposed to walk in the truth. This is how you live your life. That'd be a good small group discussion. Like, what's it mean to walk in the truth? Did we all do that this week? Like take heed to our ways according to the word. And okay, and then we're supposed to love in the truth. Second John chapter one, verse one. That's that's what we just read. Whom I love in the truth. Third John one also starts that way. The elder unto the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. So we're supposed to pray in the truth. We're supposed to abide in the truth and we're supposed to rejoice in the truth and, and we're supposed to walk in the truth and love in the truth so what is the truth okay well the truth is identified in scripture 
as the living and written word of God. So the living word of God, what's that? The Lord Jesus Christ, the written word of God. What is that? Ah, the Bible. So the Bible, it says in a couple different places that we have the mind of Christ. Okay, so in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, we have the mind of Christ. It also, in Philippians, talks about we have them. Let this mind be in you, which was also Christ Jesus, which is really more of a, a servant attitude. But, but Jesus, it was the living word of God in the Bible. You know, Jesus, when he went to heaven, he replaced himself. He replaced his spirit with the Holy Spirit. He replaced his body with the church. He replaced his spoken word with the written word, with the Bible. So, so those two things, we see that. Jesus, uh, John 14, 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way the truth. Jesus is the truth. We also see that John 17, 17, Jesus is praying to the father, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So both Jesus is the truth and the written word of God is the truth. This is the mind of Christ. So if I want to know what Jesus thinks, I just go to my Bible and I have that. All right. So the, go back to second John chapter one. John says to the lady whom I love in the truth, and not I only, but also all they that have known the truth. All that have known the truth love this lady and her children. Okay, well, well what's that talking about? Well, loving is the natural result of knowing the truth. So if you know the truth, well, wait, what do you mean? Is that talking about Jesus, or is that talking about the written word of God? Yeah. What do you think? Both. Yes. Okay, so if you know the truth, you're going to naturally love the church. You're going to love the, the members, right? If you knew this lady, boy, you would love her. We decided, I think, last week that the elect lady is actually Deb Mulder, right? <laughs> Who doesn't love Deb? I mean, I mean, every, like, who does love Deb? We all love Deb, right? If you love Jesus, you love Deb. That's just the way it is, right? So, so, G John eight forty two, Jesus said, "If God were your father, you would love me, for I proceeded forth from and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but He sent me." So, so. And then it goes on, it talks about the truth. That's a neat passage, John 8, 42 through 45. I'll give you that, it's homework there. First John, chapter 4, 19 through, or 20 through 5, 1. If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he's a liar. Okay, whoa, wait a minute. Check yourself, right, because that's right there. If any man says, he, I love God and hateth his brother, he's a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this is the commandment we have from him, that he who loveth God loveth his brother also. First John 5, 1, whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him that begat, that's okay, so you love God, loveth him also that is begotten of him. That's both Christ, that's also believers. 
if you're if you put your faith in Christ, you're born again. You you are begat of God, and other Christians are going to love you because the world doesn't have anything like what we have. Then I'm thinking about Dave and, and his baptism. You know what? I did that same thing. I got born again and I got baptized in front of the church as a testimony and as obedience to Christ. And it's like, everyone, like me too. Like we have that in, we have these things. I was born of God. The old me is dead. The new me is now risen. And now they've got the truth. And man, the world doesn't have anything like it. And all guys, you know, we could get really excited about that. It's like, amen. Man, I love God. I love Jesus. I love the church. And, and, and sometimes we irritate each other, right? Okay, whatever. But you, we, you still love your brother. And okay, so that's a natural result of that. First Peter chapter 2, verse 1. <clears throat> so we're born again. It's, it's by Christ. And we believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God, seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit unto unfeigned love for the brethren. Okay, when we obey the truth, so here it is, the truth and love are coupled together. Okay, so, so that's the main point of this discussion this morning. So, so here's our application in our small group discussion. Now, you're not going to be able to cover every one of these topics in your small group, but pick one. So here it is. Our friendship, our love for one another is not based in our hobbies. It's not based in our personalities. It's not based in our social status. It's not based in what neighborhood you do or don't live in. Okay, that's kind of how the world operates. Our friendship, our love, our agape is not based on any of that. So, so here's the question. What is our love and what is our friendship based on? Is it related to our fellowship? And if so, how? And then what does our love and what does our friendship look like practically? And then finally, how do we establish and protect agape love in the living well class? And, and so... Like I said, you're going to have to just pick one of those topics and work through it in your small groups. And what we'll do is spend uh, just under 20 minutes in our small group time and ride at noon. So work with me if you don't, if you would. Okay, Right at noon, we'll, we'll bring it all back together and we'll kind of work through maybe some answers to these questions. So does that make sense? You guys ready? Yeah. Okay, ready, break. Let's do it.